The views expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. <clears throat> Here we go! <laughs> Gotta get cute this morning. Sweeter than a morning snack. Guess who would like some root and make that coffee black? Welcome to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. The great reality today with Marvar. Hi. Bruce H. Hey, hey. Tony is sick. Tony, we're sorry you're sick. Get well, Tony. Booney sugar and cream. Yes, I'm standing against a Cadillac. I'm up, so grab your cup and let's have coffee. Lots of coffee. Shots, Shots of, of coffee. coffee. Lots of coffee. Oh, yeah. Make that coffee black. So, Tony is sick. Tony called me about an hour ago and she sounded. Well, her, her throat sounded like if the bottom of a birdcage had a sound, kind of sounded like that. Oh, God. <laughs> she is not feeling <laughs> untoo well. And this, this is the first show she's missed, and she's been a co-host. I got to get that picture out of my the mind. The picture of the bottom of the birdcage. Oh, Sorry, Tony. Lord. So, uh, Jared Neiman is the one singing the uh, bumper music in the beginning of the show. Why in the world would we play... A drinking song, country western drinking song. What's wrong with one more drinking song? Um, at a you know recovery radio show. Well, the reason is uh, is because the topic of the topic this week. Um, the topic is the other guy's beer. The other guy's beer. The tagline is people. What? Are we gonna have trouble again? There we go. Stop it. That's. Technical difficulties always amaze me. That's funny. How inanimate objects can misbehave. Uh, the tagline to the other guy's beer is people that can drink with impunity. Impunity meaning without consequence. No problems. No issues. No, no phenomenon of craving necessarily. Although that can happen. You don't have to be an alcoholic to have the phenomenon of craving. You get a good enough euphoria feeling of something. You may want to do it again. Doesn't make you an alcoholic. Um, but w- drinking without impunity, no, 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 um, obsession of the mind when you're sober, um, no DUIs, no, which also can happen if you're not an alcoholic, but I'm just saying nothing happens. They have a drink with dinner, they have a beer while watching the Super Bowl. You know, what's wrong with these people? Um, do people like that irritate you? They used to irritate me. And they irritate some people, believe it or not, even to the point where their resentments get so big over it, they drink. They drink. People that can't drink, drink. Um, because they're so upset with the other guy's beer. The fact that the other guy can do this. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit uh, today. Um, so thank you to Jared Neiman for that uh, little bumper music there. Also, as promised, at the very end of the show, we're going to play the entire song uh, coffee black. Uh, that is, uh, by the way, I have made a, a grave error. That was not Tom Hanks. The reason he was chosen, Tom Hanks was chosen because he sounded so much like this guy. And Tom Hanks was chosen for the part in the movie Big, 
Um, but is, is uh, the voice of Daniel Jenkins, who plays Josh Baskin in the uh, the Broadway musical Big, as well as the TV show Big. And we're going to explain what that is all about uh, when we get to that part of the show. Uh, but before we do anything, uh, one of the things that Tony really wanted to do really badly is wish your mom a happy birthday. And she wrote a tribute to her mom on Facebook. Uh, if you have a chance to see it, it is posted at Take 12 Radio's Facebook. Just go to Facebook dot com forward slash take 12 radio uh it is there it is also on tony's page um but we just wanted to do this little ditty for her mom here nope that's the wrong one all right we're gonna do it right after that (laughs) i'm discombobulated all right so put that on hold for a minute put that on hold um we lost uh, an amazing actress last week uh mary tyler moore passed away and uh, she, uh, one of the, well, the first time I ever saw Mary Tyler Moore was on the Dick Van Dyke show years and years ago, where she uh, played his wife. And uh, then, of course, on the uh, the iconic show, the Mary Tyler Moore show. And just in tribute to her, here's a little soundbite uh, from the theme song from that show. Who can turn the world on with her smile? Who can take a nothing day and suddenly make it all seem worthwhile? Well, it's you, girl, and you should know it. With each glance and every little movement you show it. Love is all around, no need to waste it. You can never tell why don't you take it. You're gone, I'll make it at Mary Tyler Moore uh, passed away at age 80 of complications uh, due to uh, heart issues. Uh, She she had contracted pneumonia and then her heart just stopped. Um, But she was... um, She's an amazing, amazing lady, and uh, we're going to, actually, our trivia is going to be a little bit around her, uh, it is around her today, and we'll see how well you guys know Mary Tyler Moore, uh, or not, um, but on, uh, the reason I played that is broadcasters all over the world are playing that just in tribute uh, to her and uh, her really incredibly kind heart and humanitarian spirit. But on a brighter note, on a brighter note, now we're going to wish... Tony's mom, uh, a happy birthday. For anybody in the audience who's got a birthday today, happy birthday to you. Yes. Uh-huh. Happy birthday, mom. We uh, we hope we definitely hope that uh, that you have a good birthday. Actually, your birthday was technically yesterday, but the show's today, so happy birthday. And I will say. Um, that uh, if you have not read the tribute to her mother on Facebook, uh, it would definitely do you well. It definitely, it's good for the soul. It's good for the heart. So happy birthday, uh, Tony's mom, TJ's mom. Uh, I want her to know that she has a wonderful daughter. She does. She right. really must have done something right because Tony is, uh, we just love her dearly, don't we? Yep. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So happy birthday <clears throat> uh, to you. La, 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 la. Okay, we'll be right back. Normal? 
I didn't know what normal was. From the time I got up till the time I passed out at night, I was high. School was a joke. When I did go, I was selling drugs, sleeping in class, and shooting up in the bathroom. By the time I came to Teen Challenge, I didn't think being sober was possible, at least not for me. But here, I learned how wrong I was. This program saved my life. To locate an adult and teen challenge center near you, visit teenchallengeusa.com. Now, here comes the music. It's that favorite time of the show for Cecil. It's Take 12 Trivia Time. Brought to you by that 12-step magazine, award-winning publication, The 12-Step Cassette. Visit their website at 12stepcassette.com. And now, now, here's your favorite trivia host, Mwah. the Monty Man. That's <laughs> right. Mellow it out. Mellow it out. There we go. <sighs> I think we ought to get Cecil on the show. <clears throat> Cecil doesn't like you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. if you get it wrong, you get the fluff machine. If you get it right, you get a horn and a bell. And this is about Mary Tyler Moore. About Mary Tyler Moore. Trivia about Mary Tyler Moore. You know, I'm Moore. at the age where I forget these names and people that she played with, but I was raised with this woman. Yeah? Yeah? So if I do badly, it's only because... That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. My senior disability. All right, what's your excuse, Marv? About the same. About the same? <laughs> 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 All right, uh, number one, in the opening scenes of the Mary Tyler Moore show, Mary Richards throws her hat in the air. In what city was this filmed? Was it New York, Boston, or Minneapolis? Well, I'll go with Minneapolis, but yeah. I think... Well, you think Minneapolis? Minneapolis? Both of you do? Well, you guys are right. It was. Was that a lucky guess, or did you actually know that? Well, I just was thinking that might have been it when I heard it. Yeah, the shot in the opening credits where Mary Tyler Moore throws her hat into the air was shot at the corner of 7th Street and Nicollet Mall in downtown Minneapolis in May 2002. TV Land erected a statue of her in that very spot. Hmm. Here's number two. What was the name of the character Mary played as Robert Petrie's wife in the iconic Dick Van Dyke show? Was it Linda, Mary, or Laura? Boy. I don't remember. Marv, you got any yeah. idea? I'll, I'll go uh, with Laura. I, do, I don't. Go with Laura? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm motioning okay. to Marv. Maybe Laura. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Laura Petrie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my hey, that, that, that was terrible. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, number three. What tragedy did Mary face that some say pushed her over the edge into deep depression for a short time? Was it the death of a co-host? Was it the passing of her son? Or was it the death of her father? Oh, boy. I I don't know that one. I okay. just, I really don't. What do you think, Marv? I'll make a guess if you want. Okay, guess. I think it would have been the death of her father. Okay. Boy, I, I just don't have any idea at all. So you got co-host and son and father. 
Co-host, maybe? No, you guys. <laughs> her son, huh? It's her son, yes. Oh. Her premature, uh, huh. pre- premature death, death of her son. Um, <clears throat> what, uh, what two medical secrets did Mary Tyler Moore keep from the public for years? And here's your choices. Alcoholism and diabetes, diabetes and Parkinson's, or dyslexia and anxiety disorder. So you have alcoholism and wow. diabetes, diabetes and Parkinson's. The first one. Alcoholism and diabetes? Yeah. Okay. What do you think, Marv? Yeah. Yep. Alcohol and diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Absolutely. All right. And here's that, your. No huh? bonus. No bonus. No bonus. Well, we got a bonus. Did Mary Tyler Moore consider herself a conservative, a liberal, or neither? Neither. Neither? Marv? I'm going to say conservative. Okay. Uh, Bruce, you're correct. <laughs> She considered herself neither, Marv, sorry. Uh, Mary Tyler Moore did not consider... Hey, 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 knock it off. (laughs) We've done real well up to this point. She considered herself... uh, She did not consider herself a conservative nor liberal, but what may surprise many television fans mourning her passing at age 80 on Wednesday is that the actress also did not consider herself far left. Moore explained uh, that she, despite her TV character's image on the Mary Tyler Moore show as a never married working woman who became a feminist icon, she turned down Gloria Steinem's invitation to join the feminist movement. This is what she said. I believed and still do that women have a very major role to play as mothers, said Moore. It's very necessary for them to be with their children. That's not what Gloria Steinem was saying to me. She was saying you can do everything and you owe it to yourself to have a career. I really don't believe that. That was Mary Tyler Moore. Passed away at age 80 on Wednesday. Mm. Yeah, so there you go. Well, that does it for Dixel Trivia for this week. You know, you people really should learn how to behave yourself. You really should. It's very rude. Knock it off now. Well, I was just kidding anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Cecil. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) All righty. Here we go. <laughs> what fun that we have here at Take 12 Radio. Um, so let's talk about this interesting phenomenon because, you know, we come out of the world of active alcoholism. We hang out with people that um, are no longer active. Some, well, some still are. Some are kind of one foot in, one foot out of the meeting rooms and recovery and so forth. Uh, But, you know, we are so used to people in recovery, particularly if we come out of any kind of 12-step background, we're so used to rubbing shoulders with people that used to drink or have declared that they're allergic to alcohol. We've talked about what that means on several shows. Um, and, And yet there are still people that get pretty irate or irritated or resentful because their brother or their friend or their spouse, whoever, parent, can have a drink, and they can't. What about the other guy's beer? I mean, are there people out there that can literally drink with impunity without <clears throat> consequence? What do you think, Marv? Um, I think that's short-lived. Yeah, they might do it for a short period of time, but... Um, from what I've seen, yeah, it, it'll catch up with them. Even even people that drink moderately, 
You think eventually? Well, the, you know, it's in the medical field. Uh, I, I, alcohol affects uh, physically, mm-hmm. so um, I guess how do you measure moderate? I, right. I, I don't know. Somebody may say moderate is two glasses of wine with dinner. Somebody may say it's a glass of wine at dinner, one at dessert, and one afterwards with your feet up on the ottoman, right? They may say three a night. I mean, who knows, right? What do you think, Bruce? Are there people that can drink with impunity without having consequences? Well, I I go along with what Marv said. I think we see that, and I think they they can do it, but I think it's short-lived. Like Marv, that's yeah. a good way to put it. There's uh, consequences that you're going to have to pay, and if it's not physical, it's another. You know, yeah, it can be very depressing to uh, drink. You know what I mean? Well, and one of the reasons is just by the chemical makeup of alcohol. Alcohol is a depressant. It is a depressant. Mm-hmm. Now we're not talking about when the doctor says, you know. An ounce of wine a week is good for the heart. And by the way, it's usually an ounce. It's not a bottle of red wine is good for the heart. So I hear people say, oh, I drink a bottle of red wine for my heart. Yeah, well, whatever. You go ahead and delude yourself about that. I, I don't believe that for a minute. But but there has been some medical evidence that an ounce, an ounce is very small, uh, of red wine about once a week for people that have heart conditions can have some positive um, qualities for for the heart. But they've also found out that it's not the alcohol content in the wine that's doing that. It's uh, a lot of the antioxidants that are in the grape and that kind of thing. Um, but there's something that happens to the grape when it is fermented that actually makes those antioxidants do some backflips, I guess you would say, that actually make them kind of superhuman and so doctors will, will tell you that that can be an actual, an actual good thing. But you don't hear a lot about that. You, you did. There was a period of time when we kind of heard that a lot on TV. And, and, but we don't hear too much about that anymore. But you're also asking the question <clears throat> in line with, are they alcoholic? You know, yeah. They seem to be drinking with impunity and we can't. Right. You know. So can a person be an alcoholic? In other words have the obsession of the mind and the allergy of the body and still drink without consequences other than health. Oh, I think if that's true, uh-huh. uh, then I then I think they're going to have consequences. Okay. Eventually. Well, they could be having them now. They're just not uh, uh, bad enough that uh, they want to take notice of them. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they just got a DUI and right. that's all, you know. So, so we wait to the next one, or we get into a wreck, or we, uh, our wife leaves us. Yeah. So the first drink I ever had, as you know, was very large. I was in middle school, or in, I was in California, they called it junior high. It was extremely large. It was about the size of that coffee mug right there. And it was filled with Christian Brothers brandy. And I downed it. First drink I ever had. I just downed it. How did I know to do that? I don't know. I just I just did. Part of it was I didn't want to get caught, so I drank it fast, you know. And then I downed another one. I mean, right afterwards. I, I, I The feeling I had was so euphoric 
and made me feel so wonderful that I, I wanted another one. And I liked the taste. I was, I guess that's kind of a rare bird, you know, but I did. I liked the way it tastes. I liked everything about it. And the day that that started, I am absolutely sure that physically, at least, things started to go downhill. You can't put that much toxins in your body without something starting to take place. But as far as it biting me in the butt, as far as all the other consequences goes, it took quite a while. It took, it took quite a while before it did. Well, there's people all up and down the line. That's why I agree right. with Marv and what he said about it. You know, it it, it seems that way. Yeah. You know, it, you you take a drink and and you like it and you drink a little bit more, but down the line you're going to pay for that. You know. So we know that one in five people that drink that are not alcoholic will cross the line into alcoholism, which means that a one in five will actually develop an allergy to the alcohol and will develop an obsession when they're sober. So that kind of makes it a little scary, don't you think? I mean, why would I even want to start? Well, you had to throw in that obsession and I think that's the part that's misunderstood. And uh-huh. Once that's locked in, then a person has placed themselves beyond human aid. Right. I think there are people that can a drink and they start having these consequences and for some reason they knock it off. They don't have the obsession. They just have the consequences. No, that has nothing to do with the obsession. Right, exactly. Period. So a person can get a DUI, a person can, can can alienate their family, a person can lose their job, all that stuff based on drinking too much but never experience the obsession. That's right. Right. Just have the consequences. Yeah. Yeah, And, and they can knock it off. Right. They yeah. have good enough reason. Mm-hmm. Eventually they go, nah. You have the warning of a doctor. Yeah. It, it says that the two things that the people can knock it off is the, the moderate and the... the a light drinker, right, is because they can still use reason, right. The say, obsessions don't don't conform to reason. And that's, that's right. Say that. it's not the drinking; it's the <clears throat> obsession that causes it. So, what about the you know? What about the folks that just have a glass of wine with dinner or a glass of beer at lunchtime? That's and they never they take it or leave it. Doesn't doesn't seem to affect them one way or another. Why can't they? Maybe eventually they'll have to. It, you think they're in be dan- something that they're paying for too. Do you think they're in danger, possibly, because of the nature of the fact that it's a toxin? Well, <laughs> what's too much? I mean, yeah. you, know, you know, if somebody I, really I just drank it, a glass, I, I don't think it, it's got to be. I don't think you can generally lay out a statement like that. They definitely are in danger, it, right? It's. Uh, uh, it's kind of like training horses. Each one's different. Yeah. Each person's different. It, it, um, we don't know the chemical makeup. We don't, we don't know. know their yeah. genetic history. We don't yeah. know. They don't know. And that's the thing right there. But you were talking about consequences. It's interesting. Uh, not too long ago in uh, <clears throat> the group that I go to, and uh, let me say this first. Uh Scripture talks about it. There's a way that seems right to a man. At the end, there is a way of death. So this person in this in our AA group went out drinking. 
and um, comes back in and is full of remorse and and all this yeah. stuff about it. But then, what what they said was, well, there was no consequence. So, you know, why why shouldn't I? Right. So what happens? They go back out again, and they drink, and this time, boom, they end up in jail. They get a DUI. They lost their car. Um, and there they are. Well, just because you think there's no consequence doesn't mean it's not coming, baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the way it seems right to a man. So just because you're standing on the railroad tracks and the train hasn't hit you doesn't mean there's not a train on the way, right? That's right. right. <laughs> you guys are well put. <laughs> yeah, <it's> a, <laughs> Yeah. And see, and each, each individual has to take a look at this kind of right. stuff, you know. You're not, not me, yeah. the other person, but not me. So right. This honest look that, you know, yeah, there is a train on the track. So what do you yeah. think is behind the resentment that some people have? And I've, I experienced this years ago. I experienced Building, because I don't believe people give resentments to us. I believe we build them ourselves. But I built myself a pretty little castle all around my buddies that could go out, fill their cooler with low and brow. Now I'm dating myself. And, and throw it in the back of the pickup truck, and we'd all go to the beach, but I couldn't partake. I think it had to do with your spiritual life. Do you? I definitely I tend do. to agree. <laughs> it. It really, it, it, so let me tell you what happened. So we go to the beach, and I only did this twice, and, and I couldn't take it anymore, <laughs> so I drank. But uh, I went with them, you know, and I was extremely uncomfortable, not because they were drinking, but because I wasn't. Mm -hmm. That was part of my obsession. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I now, do. Now, I will tell you that if I had chose, I suspect, highly suspected, if I had chose not to go with them, I would have sat at home. I would still have been building the resentment because they're out there doing that. And I couldn't go with them because I couldn't drink. Yeah. It See, made me very angry. I know that happens to people, and I've I've seen it yeah. over and over and over again. And the reason I threw that out, it has something to do with your spiritual life, is for one reason and one reason only. You know, God has been so good to me yeah, and blessed me in such a way that ever since he's come into my life, that sort of stuff has been removed. Right. I, you know, as I, the listeners know, my wife just passed away here a couple of years ago and, and she drank and it didn't bother me. You know, it bothered me that she drank and what we had to go through because of it, but her having a beer in the house or the people I work with uh, drinking, right. you know. It, that didn't, that didn't. Uh, no. Yeah. But if a person wants to keep participating in that sort of thing, then I just uh, let him go and do that and hope that he'll come to me when he's through and we can talk about that sure. very thing. Sure. You know, but he's, you know, it's my spiritual life is, <clears throat> Sometimes not fit, but I don't have that hang-up with other people drinking. But I know it exists with a lot of people. Right. 
and, and God, God really removed that from me. It didn't, but, but I think th- he did too. There for a while, it was, it was kind of, I, I was jealous. Yeah, you know. Yeah, see, I I could same thing could happen to me. I'm yeah. not saying as a Christian, I I I can't suffer that. Right. I just uh, it just hasn't been uh, that in my life. I've I wish that I could take a drink now and then. I could taste it and everything else, but yeah. it just went right on by. Yeah, and that's not an obsession. That's a fleeting thought. Or, yeah, yeah. That's there. There, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. But Marv, have you ever met anybody that, uh, or heard of anybody that, um, when somebody relapsed, they had the uh, and I can ask you too, Bruce. They may have said, "Well, gosh, they I guess they can go drink, so can I," or got mad because they went back out and they couldn't. And, I know I know people that's got mad. Yeah, Marv, you, you know. know anybody like that? Um, Heard that in meetings or? I, not so much. I, well, I I guess I have. Yeah. Kind of a, a roundabout in the room, you know. I mean, have you ever felt that way? Have you felt, gosh. You no, know? I was just thinking about that. I, uh, for some reason or another. Uh, it's never mattered to me. See. Right. <laughs> I, and I don't know why that is. But now, if you were to tell me, now wait a minute, if you were to tell me, I was thinking about this too, that I couldn't have chocolate. Yeah. And I sat down next to Bruce and he pops open a Hershey bar. Oh, now you're now you're now, cruising, now, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, uh, for a while there, I was playing music in bars and stuff, and and after I got sober, and and uh, as I look back on it now, um, it never bothered me. I mean, people right. all around the bandstand drinking and hooping and hollering and. Never, never bothered I, you. And I don't know why, but because I do know that it bothers people, yeah, you know. Yeah. It talks about it in the big book. Do you guys, do either one of you guys feel anything when you're with somebody and they order a beer? Or you're in a environment, let's say a wedding reception or something, and there's, do you get any feeling of angst or or any thought process go on? Anything click? I'm sorry, no. No? What about you, Marv? One time, early in my sobriety, I went out to dinner on a, it was Christmas, and it was at a lodge with a friend and his wife. Yeah. And I got overwhelmed. I wanted to drink pretty bad. And uh, people around us drinking beer and and uh, just the whole aura of that atmosphere just nailed me. And I, I'm sitting there. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, my buddy who knows know me knows me pretty well. Uh, I I finally I turned to him and I said, Max, I got to tell you something. He said, What's that? I says, I want to drink so bad I can't hardly stand it. Mm-hmm. And of course he don't really know what right. to say or anything. But uh, what happened was as soon as I was able to verbalize that to him, it, it kind of went away. Took the power out of it. Yeah, it yeah. just kind of disappeared. And, I, and I've and i never had a problem like that since. Hmm. So yeah. that was early cool. on. So I've met people, and I'm sure we all have, that 
that maybe we know and we go out to dinner and they may ask, you know, do you do you mind if I have a glass of wine? You, you know, because they're they're trying to be gracious and they're you know, they don't know kind of how we feel about that. We they may not realize that we're don't have a problem with them having a glass of wine. But just to be courteous, they'll ask. I, I remember a friend of mine named Bob uh, and his wife Donna came up to visit uh, several years ago. And we went out to Red Robin, the hamburger place, and he started to order a beer. And he goes, oh, no, wait a minute. No, no. And I said, Bob, it's okay. It's all right, man. Don't worry. He goes, are you sure? Yeah, it, it also know? talks in our big book about not hiding those things right. you know, from us. So there, there's a movie. It's an old movie with Michael Keaton called Sober years ago. And um, it depicts his sponsor coming into his house after he relapsed and going through his cabinets and finding all sorts of alcohol hidden in the mattress, in the closet, in the cabinets, and he's pouring all the booze out. What do you think about that? Is that effective? Well, I think some people can do that. You know, <laughs> pour it out. I think it does affect people to see it. Yeah. You know, and they get to thinking about it and... If they, you know, it's hard to do. It'd be like they have to go over and sit down and pray to get this stuff out of their mind. Beer sits in my refrigerator, and it doesn't bother me one little bit. Now, isn't that amazing? At your house with your roommates? Not with my roommates, not today, but before when I was. And it didn't bother you? And it didn't bother me. Yeah. I didn't like the idea, you know. Of what was going on and, and what how it affected, but the beer itself had no effect on me. Right, just yeah. a just an object, right? Bottle of whiskey, same thing. Not didn't have no effect on me. In, in the uh, in the days of old, so to speak, uh, they would carry a flask of whiskey in their glove box. You know, when they go out on twelve step calls. You know the <clears throat> yeah. the um, I've heard Bill and Bob and them guys. And they, they they'd put plastic down on their back seats for obvious reasons because. They'd be picking up drunks. They'd be throwing up on their cars. But they'd have blankets. They'd have plastic down. They'd have, you know, some whiskey uh, or some sort of alcohol in the car. Because if they couldn't get the guy to the hospital, you know, I mean, you go through DTs, he could die, you know. So they would have to have it. And and obviously, well, I don't know if it bothered them or not. I really don't because I didn't know them personally. But um, here's a case where... People that were recovered alcoholics are carrying around alcohol for the purpose of helping people. And I'm wondering what people thought about that back then, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, So it's all around us, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're going to build a resentment because other people drink, you may want to look at that because um, I don't want to use a pat answer, but you got to get over that. You really do. And, And... uh, I, I I also have an a, opinion about people that drink that are members of the faith community that that we could do a whole show on that someday, um, and that used to that used to really get my goat. Yeah, there's a um, a thing where they talk about it a lot in in group meetings is resentment is the number one offender. Right. So if you're resentful for other people drinking, yeah, or the booze is bothering you, you know. I would really th- would think that you would get with your sponsor and talk to him about that. There's just one solution to our problem, and it's not 9,364, and it's our spiritual fitness. Right. You know, 
So it talks about in the big book that if you are spiritually fit, and that means you have a connection with the creator, that means that you, you know, have done, talk about these steps and, and turn our will and our lives over to the care of him who does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. He does. He, he unlocks that thing that right. makes it places you beyond human aid is the obsession. Yeah. That's the thing that where you can't stand to see another person drink or, or you think you deserve a drink. That's the obsession. That's the insanity. Because non-alcoholics don't think like that. That can be removed. Yeah. And I think that God can remove that. Now, I'm not saying you're still not going to have thoughts about booze. You know, but there's not going to be an obsessive thing that's something that doesn't conform to reason. Right. See, you'll be able to deal with those thoughts thoughts, because you have this power of God within you. Right. The Holy Spirit will do for you what you can't do. And then, if you have business being there, you can go just about anywhere. That's right. Marv had business. He can go into a bar. And it, we don't even know why when the first said, why isn't, doesn't this bother us? You see what I mean? Right. And then if we do have thoughts, he gives us the the strength or the, you know, to put those out or, or to deal with those, however that's going to be dealt with with you. But I believe that to the bottom of my soul that that's stuck in place. And I I don't want to test the water to see if that will come back. And that's yeah. what, I, that's what I, I'm willing to do this for, with that and many other reasons now, is because that uh, I don't want to drink. And, I, you know, I, I just haven't desired that for a long, long time. I was, uh, I was at an event uh, early, or late, late afternoon yesterday. Um, I... I get very uncomfortable when I'm going to an event where I don't know anybody at all. Um, I'm not sure why. Now, if I'm with my wife, it's a little better. <laughs> um, you know, somebody that I can kind of latch on to or a friend or something like that. But when I don't know anybody, um, I'm better than I used to be. But, and I, you know, I, I settle in and I'm okay. You know, but it's it's a little a little challenging for me. And um, the the thing it was really quite humorous. Uh, this event was being held at the Eagles Lodge, and it was a birthday celebration for somebody that my it was a husband of somebody that my wife works has worked with before. And as soon as I heard Eagles Lodge, you know what I saw in my head. A bunch of eighty-year-old men drinking at a bar. I mean, that—that that was the picture that I had in my head because um, I've been to these places: the Moose Lodge, the Eagle Lodge, the Foreign Legion, and things like that. And back in the days when I used to play my guitar and stuff, I'd—I'd I'd go. They'd ask me to come and do something, and there was always drinking going on. So that's the first thing I—I I thought of. I thought, oh man, there's gonna be a bunch of drinking. And actually, that wasn't the case at all. But I started conjuring this stuff up in my head. And I was already kind of setting myself up for, I really don't want to be in that environment, kind of thing. But I went, and they did have a bar, but there was maybe four people that had a beer, you know. There was probably about 50 people there, and everybody else had soda. Um, and it didn't, it didn't, nothing happened. I mean, there was no triggers. It didn't phase me. I didn't, I didn't think, 
wow, that guy's got a beer. You know what I'm saying? It's just any more than that guy's got a Pepsi. What fazed me was there was people there that were elderly. <laughs> and I don't know why I thought I was 30. <laughs> I was there too. <laughs> and it was, it was, it was hilarious. I had to laugh because my wife and I are sitting there and somebody across the table is talking to this other lady. And he goes, did you ever find your hearing aid? She goes, well, evidently not. I can hear you. And I, I just started busting up and I go, it's happened. I've crossed over. I'm in this world now, <laughs> you know? And then we found ourselves talking about so-and-so surgery and, you know what I mean? That whole, it's like, what else do you talk about? You've talked about everything most of your life. Now you're talking about each other's wheelchairs and hearing aids. And, and then I realized that I had something stuck in my dentures. And I went, oh my gosh, I have dentures. And I, I was just like, <laughs> get me out of here. But I was with my people. <laughs> I didn't even realize it. I was like, when did this happen? When did I cross over into being this old man kind of thing? Uh, but it was funny because I was noticing, because I was thinking about today's topic, and I was noticing that the people that had the beer, it was it was not an issue. There just wasn't. You know, I didn't feel jealous. I didn't feel guilty. I didn't feel, because I, there was a bar in the room or any of that kind of thing. See, I like the question when people say, when did that happen to you? Yeah. Okay. And I, I, I sometimes don't even want to answer. I know, you know, because we, it happened early on with me, and it, I, that's just how right blessed I think I was. Uh, but other people, it's like Marv talks about. It's a it's a period of time. Yeah, you know, and they really don't know when they've that thing has been removed. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't know either. But so. You know, that's why I love God so much. Yeah. Well, it just kind of blended itself out of my life. It just was not an, it was a non-issue anymore. You know, mm -hmm. um, when I walk now, when I walk into Red Robin, by but the can way. Can you tell me when that happened? I, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Hey. Marv, can you tell me when that it's, happened with it's you? It's kind of like getting old. I don't know when that happened. Either. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are doing I can relate to what Bonnie was talking yeah. about, yeah. you know. It just, I may not know how to spell it, but I are one, you know. I know, I know. Well, the other I was... day I went into a restaurant and I looked across. There's a big open area with tables. And, and it was a sea of gray and white all the way across <laughs> the, the restaurant. And I'm thinking to myself, where are the young people, uh, you know? And right, right. Where are they at? I know. <laughs> I know. Well, I was joking because I was getting my, my pills out for the next day, you know, and I put them in these little caps, and I'm sitting there, and I just started laughing out loud. Marcy, what's going on? I go, I'm putting pills in caps and sitting them out for the next day. People that are 30 don't do that. People that are 50 don't do that. People that are 60 and older do that. Oh, my word. You know, all these little things that are kind of symbols of when I went to my grandfather's house, for instance. I would notice that there were certain things out yeah. in, in, in their place and, and, and that kind of thing. You know, it's it's just a, it's a trip. It's a trip that when you come to the realization of a certain part of your life has shifted. Um, but when it comes to 
when did I stop thinking about the other guy's drink in his hand, the other guy's beer? I couldn't tell you. Yeah. It just went away. Yeah, I can't tell you the exact moment. It, it, I'd have to say it, it went away. But yeah. I, I can give you a time frame, you know. It, can you? Yeah, well, it, when I gave my life to Christ, right. when I said that he was my Lord and my Savior, uh, it, that's when it stopped. You know, it was pretty powerful for me, right. my body, to what happened to right. me. And physically and, and mentally, the things that took place at that time, the the weeping over other men, you know, that I knew that I that they were lost. Right. Uh you know, huh. there was a lot that you know, just it was overwhelming, you know. You bet. You so bet. I believe it happened in that time and it after that I just uh was on a mission and it uh it was that that was removed for I could carry that mission out. So if you're struggling because your buddy can have a beer. <laughs> Go on. Um, there may be something going on, right? Maybe something going on. Um, I'm glad that's gone for me. I'm glad God's removed that piece of the, you know, there's so many pieces to this thing. And, and, and sometimes he, he will change people. In pieces, sometimes it'll take big chunks. Sometimes it'll happen all at once. Most of the time, it's not at once. We're all different, you know. So don't beat yourself up if you see, you no. know, you know, neighbor Fred having a beer at the barbecue over your fence and you can't have one. And, and don't, don't wish for up. what happened to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you might not want it. You might not uh, want it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, listen, uh, coming up, uh, is, uh, in, if you're, especially if you're in the area, um, I want to make uh, this announcement for these guys, uh, for my, uh, uh, Facebook buddy, uh, Mike Lindsay, uh, is, uh, unloaded comedy, laugh yourself clean. It's coming up, uh, here. Let's see here. I believe, what is it? What is laugh yourself clean coming? All right, go to the website. That's what I'm going to give you. Um, do this. Do not forget to do this. They have an awesome-looking website. It's called unloadedcomedy.com, unloadedcomedy.com. And it is going to be held at the Capital City Theater in Salem, Oregon. And that's located at 210 Liberty Street, southeast, uh, room number 150. It's $10 online and $12 at the door. And they've got, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five comedians. Mark Lindsay, Julia Ramos, Jeremy Coughlin, uh, Liz Donahue, and Sam Miller. Uh, these guys are from Olympia, Seattle, and Portland, and Salem area. Um, uh, Unloaded Comedy is a recovery-based stand-up comedy showcase where they perform at recovery centers and comedy clubs across the country to bring levity and the healing power of laughter to the recovery process. Their goal is to have a great time, share lots of laughs, and prove that it is okay to not take yourself too seriously. I will give you fair warning. I would not bring the children. Do not bring the children. That's enough said about that. Uh, but uh, Unloaded Comedy, please visit their website at unloadedcomedy.com uh, uh, to find out the date for that. And to see, that, see, there's my excuse. I didn't put the date in to make them go to the website because now they'll go to the website to find the date. 
There you go. Uh, that's all Greek to me. Yeah. And <laughs> we'll be announcing that <laughs> the closer that comes to the uh, the date, too. Um, so there that is there. Now, I promised uh, last week that I would play the entire song Coffee Black from uh, the Broadway musical Big, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to uh, make you all suffer through it. <laughs> but I want to give you a little backstory about this because I was, I was kidding around about age and turning older. Um Daniel Jenkins plays Josh Baskin. Uh, Josh is a, a young boy. He's 12, 12 years old. I'm kind of setting the stage for this song for you. He's 12 years old, and he has his eyes on this girl who's 13 years old. And he's just head over heels over her. But he's kind of short, kind of thin, and, you know, and she's got her eye on, you know, one of the jocks kind of thing. And, and he's like, yay, gas. And so he's at this boardwalk. Remember boardwalks? Yeah, he said he had this boardwalk, and, and and there's one of those fortune teller things where you put the the nickel in and it, it laughs. You know, it says what is your wish, and you make a wish, and then a card pops out, right? So he says, "I wish I was big," and a card pops out, and the thing says on it, "Your your wish has been granted." And so then he wakes up the next morning, and he's an adult. He's an adult version of Josh Baskin. The problem is, with that comes all sorts of issues because he has a job, he has responsibilities, he's got all this stuff. He's just a kid inside, right? He's never worn a suit. And in the song it talks about, put on my suit this morning, I bet you had a heart attack, right? Because, But he's thinking they're still looking at him as a kid, but everybody around him sees him as this adult. So they're not shocked. Um, and the reason the song is called Coffee Black is because um, the adult version of Josh Baskin doesn't drink coffee, but the kid who lives in him has discovered coffee. As an adult, he's allowed to drink it. Remember the days when your parents wouldn't let you have coffee because you were too young? Well, Josh has realized the miracles of caffeine. And so he drinks coffee and he's obsessed with it. And uh, he goes to where he works as an adult, which is a toy manufacturer, and he has this idea about this toy because inside his head he's still a kid so he knows toys like adults do not and he comes up with this idea and they all think he is just an amazing grown-up to have this child uh, this childlike thought process and so this song coffee black is him going to the production floor and early in the morning and telling everybody, get that coffee ready because we're going to be working overtime. And he goes and asks all these different people, how, how long will it take to do this? And they say, well, a week. Well, I'm going to get it done in a day. How long will it take to do this? Well, it'll take 48 hours. Well, you're going to get it done in an hour. You know, like, And make that coffee black, man. And so here's the song. We're going to close out with this. Um, now that I've said that, now you guys are curious. You're going to have to sit through the song, right? No, I've seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you ever want to see the movie, it is called Big. It is uh, with Tom Hanks, um, uh, who plays uh, the role of Josh Baskin in the, mu the Broadway musical. This man sounds like Tom Hanks, but it is not Tom Hanks', Hanks voice. It is Daniel Jenkins. Here's Daniel Jenkins with Coffee Black.
cute this morning. Sweeter than a morning snack. But guess who would like some brew? Oh, and make that coffee black. Wearing my suit this morning. I bet you had a heart attack. It's strange, but for a change, I'll take that coffee black. Life is neat. One big dream. Oh, it's so sweet. Who needs sugar and cream? Splashed on some root this morning. I'm snazzy as a Cadillac. I'm up, so grab your cup and let's have coffee. Lots of coffee, shots of coffee, pots of coffee. Oh, yeah. Make that coffee black. But you don't drink coffee. Miss Watson. Get production on the line. Get production on the line. Set a meeting here at ten. Set a meeting here at ten. Tell McGregor in design. Tell McGregor in design. I want sketches here by then. You want sketches here by then. Get a guy to shine my boots. Get a guy to shine your boots. Send publicity a fact. Send publicity a fact. Order ten Armani suits. Order ten Armani suits. From that lady up at Saks. From that lady up at Saks. Call the factory overseas. Call the factory overseas. Have to put the schedule back. Have to put the schedule back. Oh, and while you're at it, please. Can I have a coffee black? Take to get a new design from the drawing pad to the office floor? About two weeks, maybe less, maybe more. How about this afternoon at four? Wow, sure! Barrett? Barrett! Yes, what? How fast can you move a prototype from working draft to cutting steel? I would say ten days is real. Tonight at eight, how's that feel? Wow! production line. Three months for a full design. On my desk tomorrow, nine. <laughs> wow, five! Come on, fellas, follow me back. And please, Miss Watson, get them coffee black. Life's complete. It on your bed, an elf? What is it? I believe we are supposed to present our ideas tomorrow morning at nine. I love this guy. Does he have balls or what? Look how he's bossing round the boss until he takes his shot. He tells me nothing, and I don't get mad. By God, you're like the son I never had. Who's that? That's the son I had. Everybody listen up. Yes, man, yes. Big change of plan. Right, right, right. From this minute on. What, what, what? This man's the man. This man, this man. If he wants a pencil, get this man a pencil. Right, pencil, right. If he scuffs his shoe, yes, Get him a shot. And if he gets thirsty, get this man coffee. How you like your office? Well, it's my God, you mine. Bump those legs. Shine those shoes. Charge those legs. Get him shoulders door to door.
Yes, indeedy. All right. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with the gang, and we're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye. This has been a broadcast of Take 12 Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Oh, yeah. Make that coffee black. Yeah, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs>